When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Pittsburgh Steelers last night did not look like a great football team or even a good football team, and they were fortunate to win. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, watching that game, their defense outside of the the six sacks in, in that scenario, we know how good T.J. Watt is. Alex Heisman's very good. They had the pick six in the game. I don't look at that and think all of that was amazing compared to the fact that they were absolutely run over by the Cleveland Browns last night. And when they have been a defense that has been at their best, they have had a great ability to stop the run. So, Joe, their defense doesn't look like it's championship to me. And their offense looks like a mess, frankly. Uh, outside of a couple of big plays and the big play to Pickens, Najee Harris, I mean, we can keep making excuses with the offensive line if you want. He's a career 3.9 per carry guy. Uh, we can keep making excuses uh, for Kenny Pickett. He's 25 years old as a second-year player. He has played a lot of football uh, between Pitt and here. He should be further along than he is. They don't look to me to be anything like a playoff team right now. They've got no downfield passing attack. They have no explosion on offense. And that's just one of the problems. That's not highlighting the problem. But like you said, Kenny Pickett's in year two. He's got some weapons around him between draft picks and free agency. They spent a lot of time in the offseason addressing the offensive line. So the line should be improved. Pickett in year two should be improved. His weapons another year in the system should be improved and yet he's averaging just under six yards per attempt which currently ranks let me take a look here 26th in the nfl you know who's behind him anthony richardson a rookie with barely two games under his belt mac jones is there we know the patriots have no explosion deshaun watson's there we spent a good hour talking about how bad he looks this season joe burrow's there he's hurt and bryce young another rookie that's it Those are the only guys who are averaging fewer yards per attempt in the NFL than Kenny Pickett. There's no explosion on the Steelers' offense. They've had a couple tough games to open the season. We should acknowledge that. You played the 49ers. That's one of the best teams in the NFL. You played Cleveland. They're a good football team. But you are really close. Really close. You are a Deshaun Watson yet again mistake away from being 0-2 after two home games. That would be very problematic. You're a Steeler fan. How does this sit with you? How do you feel about your team's prospects right now? Not good. Not good? Not good. As in, like, not good to contend for a Super Bowl or not good to contend for the playoffs? Not good to contend for the playoffs. And, and look, I I get it. Mike Tomlin's great coach. I get it. Can't keep asking the same guy to continue to make everything work in adverse circumstances. And they just don't look like a very good team. Now, granted, there's no Cam Hayward. Okay, he's out for a while. That obviously hurts. Um, This is a team that should be a lot better than they are. And frankly, a team that I expected to be 
uh, a lot better than they looked last night. That was a game that they absolutely should have lost. They absolutely should have lost. The offensive line to me is a mystery. It's been bad for four years now. Ever since Pouncey and DeCastro, David DeCastro, retired, it's been a complete disaster. And as a result, when they have gone out and tried to fix it, they haven't been terribly successful doing it. And as far as Pickett, there were a lot of people that were not sold on Kenny Pickett last year. That was an incredibly thin quarterback draft. I mean, talking about, we ended up talking about Malik Willis as a potential first-round pick. The guy ended up in the third round. And now Pickett, who many people did not necessarily believe in, even though he has um, all of that experience at Pitt behind him, he, I guess he looked better at the end of the year. He definitely did. He doesn't look like that has translated over here. There's been no part of that that makes me think, yep, they got the guy. Roethlisberger, you knew that early, right? You knew that in year yeah. one, even though the numbers didn't jump off the page. Right now, you don't know that. You don't know so that at the, all. The good news for the Steelers, they survived that game. They're one and one. They're on the road the next two weeks. They're at the Raiders. They're at the Texans. Those are both winnable. They can oh, find they're not themselves. Winnable. They need to win. Those they need have to, win, to win. Those are must wins. Yeah, but you win those two, you're sitting three and one, and you're hosting Baltimore Sunday, October eighth. So there you go. You got time to figure it out if you can navigate the next two weeks the way people would expect you to navigate the next two weeks. But the question becomes: Is Pickett the problem, or is it somebody else? Well, because in Pittsburgh, it feels like the conversation centers around offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Yeah, they're not going to blame Kenny Pickett right away. They're not going to do that. And Mike Tomlin was asked about that earlier today, and he had a rather creative response. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. Those are. The- <laughs> Oh, sorry, Mike Tomlin referencing the fans. This is the complete answer. Man, I, I appreciate their passion. Um, I share their passion. We all do. Um, man, we love our fans, man. They, they inspire us. Uh, they challenge us. Um, it's an awesome relationship. Man, we don't run from challenges. We run to challenges. Um, this is a sport entertainment business. It is our job to win and thus entertain them. And so... You know, we don't begrudge them for that. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. It is our job. Mike, Mike you, you share their passion. Do you share their concern about way, the way Matt's preparing the offense to play? I don't share their concern because of my perspective. Um, I'm a part of the process. When you're a part of the process, it's less troublesome to you. So he doesn't share the idea that Matt Canada, at least publicly, you don't expect him to hi- hang him out to dry, doesn't share the idea that Matt Canada is the problem. He's backing up his guy. Yeah. Uh, He's backing up his guy, which is important here. Yes. I'm going through this right now. I want to throw this at you. Canada's been on the job. This is his third season. Yeah. Third season. Uh His first year on the job as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh ranked 28th in the NFL in yards per play. If you listen to this show enough, you'll know I'll quote that stat a lot. It's an important one. 28th in yards per play. So a lot of us, you know what we said? Well, this is the end of Roethlisberger. He's washed. So we put it on Roethlisberger. So then let's go to next year, which is last year. You have Mitchell Trubisky followed by Kenny Pickett. You rank 27th in the NFL in yards per play. Again, you're at the bottom of the barrel. But it was Trubisky and it was a rookie quarterback. So again, it's a pass. Now we're in year two of Kenny Pickett, year three of Matt Canada. And through two weeks, you rank 28th in the NFL in yards per play. Again, you went against the Niners and the Browns. So we'll reserve some judgment here. But it's not looking good. It's not like you're an average offense. You are a 
well below average offense. You are a bottom tier offense. And again, it's not going to cut it in the AFC, which suddenly looks like it has more openings for the playoffs than we thought before the year started. Look, at the beginning of last year, I did two Steeler games for ESPN Radio last season. I did week two against the Patriots in Pittsburgh and week 18 against the Browns. Week two, it's still Trubisky, and it didn't look good, and Trubisky was only part of it, but the the grumbles around Canada were then. Like, it's been happening for a long time. And he, he feels like an offensive coordinator that doesn't do enough to put his quarterback in situations to be successful. It, it, I don't know if it's rolling out. I don't know if it's getting him out of the pocket more. Pickett's a pocket passer, but he is somebody that can move around. He can absolutely extend plays. Whatever it is, Canada's not doing it, and that's a problem for them. This is not they're going to fire their coordinator midseason. That's not what the Steelers do. Matt Canada's the guy for the year, and he's got a chance to fix it. Week 18, they looked much better offensively last year than they did in week two. And I think the part of it was the progress of Pickett, and part of it was just putting him in more situations to succeed, and he's not doing that so far this year. I don't know how you look at the end of last year. All right, what did he do well? How do we continue to build on that? But how do we make sure we don't take a step back in trying to challenge him with more, Joe? Because that can happen. A lot of people in Pittsburgh, clearly, you're not going to boo the offensive coordinator after two games. It's clear that this this goes back a while, which is understandable. So Tomlin makes the decision in the offseason, rather than make a change, he's going to ride with Canada. Okay, I can understand that. Do you think the driving force behind that decision was... Kenny Pickett's entering year two. We don't immediately want to give this young kid two coordinators in yeah. two years on the job. Because if the Steelers are one thing, it's consistent. Oh, yeah. Three coaches since the late 1960s, right? Like, they don't make impetuous decisions. They don't. But remember that Tomlin has. Not, not impetuous, but he'll make changes. It's not like Canada's got this job for a lifetime. Uh, Tomlin has done, remember, he did, got rid of Bruce Arians. And that annoyed uh, Roethlisberger to no end. He has gotten rid of coordinators before. And if it doesn't get better this year, I could absolutely see that being the case. Maybe that was part of it. But he did look better as the season went along. I think that was a a much bigger part of it. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. (laughs) It's as if he was talking directly to me. We want him to be fat and sassy and spoiled. We know our we know our base. We know our base, and it's, it starts with Chris Carlin. I tell you, just as an aside, I have really been gutting it out here. I made such a huge amateur mistake right before the show started. What did you eat? I didn't eat anything. I took two. This feels like this feels like Salah hyping up Zach Wilson. It feels like BS. <laughs> I took a couple of pills, and <laughs> what kind of pills? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I just took, you know, the daily vitamin stuff. Okay. That kind of thing. Took them right before the show. And I did it without water. And it's been sitting in the back of my throat for an hour plus. Oh, that's a, that's, you know what that is. That's an amateur move. It is. You've been doing radio long enough. But here's what makes it worse. My wife, a good 35 minutes before the show, came into the room and said, do you need any water? Like, no, I'm good. And she looked at me like I'm... In a toddler and said, 
I think you're going to need some water. The show starts pretty soon. <laughs> hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. We've been here before. You've made these kind of mistakes. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Fine. Can I have some water? <laughs> and it's just sitting there in the back of my throat right now. Even I've had water, and it's at the point now where water doesn't even help. I've gotten that look. <laughs> I've gotten that look before where they, they give you the advice. It's the correct advice. It's the right move. For some unknown reason, you, you shun it. And they look at you like, you're such an idiot. Yeah. And, I'm and not trying to be I arrogant about it. Disgusted that I married someone who would be this dumb. Because it's, it's like, no, I'm fine. And it's like, you're, you're, you're not. I'm not offering it to you out of generosity. I'm offering it to you because you need it. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm good. No, we're straight. Don't worry. It's, <laughs> it's not like way back in the day when a husband would refuse to ask for direction somewhere, right? <laughs> not like that. No. It's just me, straight up, unconsciously being a moron. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't or, need the water. No. The, but by the way, not needing the water... Ironically enough, the one thing you need to survive is, of course, water. <laughs> exactly. No, we're good. I got it. Yeah, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Be in the middle of the desert 35 days. Nah, I'm straight. Not me. I'm part sh- of that. I'm part of that one millionth percentile that just doesn't need water. Yeah, I'm good on the water. I've got some fun dip over here that'll take care of it. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Steelers did avoid the 0-2 start. The Patriots, not so much. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm just saying. Keep paying attention. Next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, a big hole for Miller. 30, 20, 10. Touchdown Miami. It's caught by Kosicki, but he's not going to get the first down. So he laterals it back for a lineman. And no, they're going to say he's short. The runner was now short of the line of game. 
the road, primetime division opponent. Those are very, very valuable games. So I was happy for all the guys, really. There are real problems for some teams that are 0-2 right now and in very much danger of falling to 0-3. And And you have to wonder what happens if that happens. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speakers as well. You ever miss the show, you got to hit the podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe right now. Carlin versus Joe. It is up there. It is ready to roll. You will not miss a thing. And don't forget to tune in to an AL East battle or an American League battle tonight as the Astros host the Orioles. Coverage begins 7.30 p.m. on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. A little bit of breaking news, if you will, just a moment ago. This came from Brian Dable, the Giants head coach. The Giants this week playing the 49ers on Thursday night football. And Dable said he would not rule out Saquon Barkley against the 49ers. Quote, he feels a lot better today. He's a quick healer, expects it to be a game time decision and says he has made considerable progress in the last day or so. Wow. I'm a how, little surprised. How does surprised it go by from it. three weeks to four days? Yeah, that that caught me off guard. That one surprised me a little bit because it's not like they throw that prognosis around easily right away. Like if they just wanted to keep it a mystery, he would have just been saying day to day after the fact and day to day up until Thursday. I don't think that was the intention at all. I think the intention was, oh, we're going to be without him. And then it's like, oh, holy crap. He feels a lot better right now. Yeah, it. I mean, you're not winning that game. <laughs> you're not winning that no, game. With they're not. You're not going to go to San Francisco four days after having to lay it all on the line in Arizona and beat the Niners. That's I'm a, assuming by the way, that's the Niners west. home opener. So Levi's is going to be rocking for that game. So I don't know. I mean, the game opened Niners minus nine and a half. Immediately, they took sharp action to bet it up to 10. That probably had something to do with Barkley. If he's able to go, God bless him for that quick turnaround. But you know he's not going to be near 100%. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Uh, the ESPN app is where you can watch this as well. And, you know, you're welcome. Uh, what happens if these teams fall to 0 and 3? Get to them right away. Monday Night Football, Rams and the Bengals in Cincinnati, I yesterday proclaimed it to be true that after just two games, the Cincinnati Bengals are finished and are not winning uh, enough games to get to the postseason this year. If the Bengals go to 0-3, is their season over? It's not over. It's not over. It's extremely difficult. But if they go to 0-3, losing to the Rams Monday night, it's a home game. They opened as a six-point favorite. They're only a one-and-a-half-point favorite now, which shows you everything you need to know about the Joe Burrow situation. They lose that game. They go to 0-3. Say Burrow doesn't play. But say somehow he gets healthy enough that he's ready to go the following week. You're at Tennessee, at Arizona, hosting Seattle, bye week. You can get the 3-3, go to the bye week, and then come off the bye And it's going to be extremely challenging after that, but you're not finished. I think with the Bengals right now, the conversation isn't centered so much around what do we need to do to salvage the season? It's what's the best approach with Joe Burrow. And you've been hitting on this, so I'll let you elaborate on it. But that's got to be the focal point at the current moment. What are we doing with Joe Burrow? What's the best course of action for our franchise multi-platinum quarterback? Because if we misstep here, 
forget about the season being done. How much have we jeopardized this guy's career? This is, there's no discussion around this. He should not be playing right now. There is no reason for him to be playing right now. Joe Burrow was just handed $219 million guaranteed. He is everything that your franchise is going to be about for the next 10 years. And he is the guy that that town has been waiting for. What, since when? Carson Palmer? Since Boomer Esiason? Take your pick. Because Carson Palmer's uh, great stretch was rather short-lived. Why? Oh, a torn ACL. That was a big problem when he got hurt against Pittsburgh. We know that And they didn't have playoff wins, too. Under Marvin Lewis, they never won in the playoffs. Burrow's been winning left and right in the playoffs. Yes. Burrow's on the road. He's won at Arrowhead. He's run at Ralph Wilson. He had a shot to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's... He's shown you everything you need. Like, he's the guy. He's the best quarterback the franchise has ever had. He has already taken you to a Super Bowl, and you're going to run him out there this week against the Rams? I mean, dear God, sit back and allow him to heal properly. And I get it. That may be several weeks because we've talked about what this injury can be, but we also know what this injury can lead to. And there is no need for you to run him out there and have him jeopardizing, tearing his Achilles because of this calf problem. All right, next 0-2 team, Chargers at the Vikings. I'll be honest with you, I'm very surprised that the Chargers did not fire Brandon Staley this week. And I know it's early, but at 0-2, with their situation right now, This very easily can get away from them in what is turning out to be a much more wide-open AFC than I would have even anticipated. And you have to save this season. If the Chargers go to the Vikings and lose, I don't know what you do. I think the season's over at that point. Chargers 0-2, Vikings 0-2. Two playoff teams from a year ago that lost their first playoff game. They came into the season with high expectations, but I don't think a lot of people thought either team would be that formidable. Maybe the Chargers, definitely not the Vikings. In wrestling parlance, and you'll come to learn that I am a WWE fan, I have two young boys who I made the mistake of introducing to it way too early, and now they are just overwhelmed and in love with all of it. Mm. This matchup between Minnesota and the LA Chargers is what's called a loser leaves town match. (laughs) Okay? Loser of this, get the hell out of here. Also known behind the scenes as somebody's contract is up match. Right. (laughs) Or someone's about to go on vacation for a couple months because they're overwhelmed, so they'll leave, and then they'll have the dramatic return four months later. Exactly. This is the loser leaves town match. The matchup between the Chargers and the Vikings, the loser of that is officially toast. The winner of that, still toast. Neither team's good enough. The Chargers just don't get it. They really don't get it. They've got a quarterback who could be a franchise guy. He's overrated. He doesn't take nearly as much heat as he should for the mistakes he makes. Like the second half of that Jaguar game, all of it falls on Staley. You can blame Herbert for not leading any scoring drives. You can blame Herbert for going 0 for 3 to open overtime when, you know, highest paid guy in the business, right? Or second highest after Burrow. You're the man. Like, go win the game in overtime. It's Tennessee in the regular season. What's so difficult about winning that game? He couldn't do it. But it falls on Staley. Staley's a defensive mind. He's got a terrible defense. So that team, whether they win or lose, they're already cooked. Minnesota was cooked before the season started. So like I said, loser leaves town, but the winner's not going on to win the title. We'll get to more of them a little bit later because there are a few 0-2 teams that still 
could potentially have good things on the horizon. Up next, though, is Nick Saban still the best college coach? A guy who knows a lot about it joins us in moments on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The ratings off the charts, the most watched college football game of the weekend, and I believe the fifth most watched college football game ever this past weekend between Colorado and Colorado State. Absolutely nuts. And by the way, great job by Deion Sanders in the last few minutes here. He's having his press conference. And for those who had not heard, Henry Blackburn was a young man who uh, hit Travis Hunter on the sideline the other night. And he has been apparently receiving death threats over the last couple of days because of it. And Dion came out and said, Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. This is still a young man trying to make it in life. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. I forgive him. Our team forgives him. Travis Hunter has forgiven him. Let's move on. The kid does not deserve that. Dion just gets it across the board. Well said. He completely does. We welcome in the great Paul Feinbaum, who knows all about this, of course, of the Paul Feinbaum show on the SEC Network. Paul, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate it, as always. Let's just start there with this incredible phenomenon. We saw Dion the other night on 60 Minutes when he was asked uh, for who's the best uh, coach in college football. He asked uh, John Wertheim for a mirror. (laughs) So has he in fact surpassed everyone after three games in a power five school as the greatest college football coach that there is. <laughs> Chris, he's not only the greatest coach, he's the greatest coach of all time, surpassing Saban, <laughs> Bryant, and Newt Rockney. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and frankly, uh, what he's done that those other three have not done is just completely suck the oxygen out of every other program but his. And uh, I, mean, I, I think we're starting to say the same thing every week now, but uh, this is truly unbelievable. And it's not going to change Saturday. I mean, Saturday has the best slate of games we've had all year with 
Ohio State or Notre Dame and Florida uh, State and Clemson, uh, Alabama, Ole Miss. But uh, the game that matters most is the one uh, on the West Coast. And I, I have, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't know how to characterize it any more than saying I've never seen anything like this. And I've covered the game for 40 years. Uh, we are in, uh, we are in the uh, stratosphere of, 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 of college football right now. And, uh, win or lose, uh, he'll be the story the next week, too, when Southern Cal comes to town. I'll throw the point spread out there, but I'm not asking you to make a pick based on that. Oregon is a sizable favorite for this game at about 21 points. This is a big step up from what Colorado has dealt with the first three weeks of the season. They're going to go to Eugene. Uh, it's going to be 3.30 in the afternoon, Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. It's not a night game, but it's going to be packed. Dan Lanning knows how to coach defense. You know, what likelihood do you see Colorado hanging in this game? I mean, we should probably stop doubting Dion at this point, but this is a tall task here, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an impossible task. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't care that somebody, you know, throws that up on a bulletin board. That's a reality. I mean, let's quit being uh, insane here about uh, this matchup. I mean, this is a mismatch. Um, and probably if you looked at this game three weeks ago, the, the point spread would have been more like 35 or 40. Uh, but and you know, I think the real question is, you know, if Travis Hunter was in the game, what difference would that have made? I think it would have made a significant, significant difference. But, but ultimately, uh, Oregon, you know, I mean, Oregon just doesn't have an experienced quarterback. They've got a six-year quarterback in Bo Nix. He played four years at, uh, I mean, I, I guess he played three years at Auburn uh, and one year last year, and because of COVID, got the bonus year. He, he's, he's a really good quarterback, and they've got a lot uh, around him. So, I, I mean, I think it's a mismatch in many respects. Uh, I, think, I think hanging tough would be uh, considered a, a moral victory. I know Deion Sanders doesn't look that way, but that's, that's the reality. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show and the SEC Network jo- joining us, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Nick Saban with a messy quarterback situation right now. He's going back to Jalen Milrow. What does this say about the bigger picture, though, for Nick Saban at Alabama in being unable to get the guy that he needs to lead that offense? Well, I think it means the clock is ticking on on his era. Uh, you know. People want to throw the dynasty word around. You can't throw that word around anymore. Uh, I, I think that that part of the Saban uh, conversation has quieted down. But this, this is uh, some of the worst coaching I've ever seen from Nick Saban. And, I, I mean, most of the blame really goes to his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, who came over from Notre Dame. Uh, you know, he has mismanaged it from the, from the, from the beginning. He wanted uh, and tried to force Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, into the starting lineup. It didn't work the first week after Milrow threw two, not just interceptions, but uh, fatal interceptions against Texas. They made the change, and uh, it, was a, it, it wasn't you know, a bad decision. It was a complete and total disaster. Um, the offensive line simply cannot protect. Uh, and Milrow now is their only chance because he, he, he can move. Uh, he, he's a very talented athlete. But everyone knows what he's going to do. And as far as this week's game against Ole Miss, the person that knows what he's going to do more than anyone else is the Ole Miss defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, who, um, you want to say in unison, was at Alabama last year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you mentioned Tommy Reese. He comes over from Notre Dame. Notre Dame 
A lot of eyes are going to be on them this weekend as well. College game day is going to be in South Bend. The Irish taking on Ohio State. Big test for the Buckeyes. They were on the road in week one against Indiana. Now they're back on the road for the second time this season. Notre Dame has looked very good offensively. This is going to be the biggest test that we've seen so far for Kyle McCourt, Ohio State starting quarterback. Close game last year, Paul. What do you think of this one? I think it's an incredibly dangerous game for Ohio State, who hasn't shown much of all. Uh, and it, it's funny, Notre Dame uh, lost its its OC and picked up a transfer portal quarterback to replace Tyler Buckner. I know I'm sounding Alabama-centric there. And they got a lot better. Uh, and Alabama got a lot worse. So go figure that out. But but I, I, think, I think the Irish have a legitimate shot at pulling the upset. And uh, if that happens, it really does throw the college football world in, in a flux. Because on paper... Uh, Ohio State may look as talented as anybody in the country. They just have not gelled very well so far. But uh, th- this is this is a you know if you take prime off the off the menu, I mean this, this is a game people are salivating about. And quite frankly, guys, I forgot the game was 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 being played uh, until right before we came on the air and I looked at the schedule. Uh, Paul, last one. Paul Feinbaum with us at the Paul Feinbaum Show. Michigan State's begun the process of firing Mel Tucker. Uh, He has called it a, quote, miscarriage of justice, which makes me think he probably needs to look that phrase up. How ugly is this going to be? Uh, Because we know what this is about. It's about $80 million. That's that's exactly right. And and I I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't want to play the I'm not a lawyer and don't have all the facts for, because I don't. <laughs> but uh, what he did was very, very suspicious, even if you want to paint it uh, you know, with a bow on top. And, you know, don't don't forget, too, that Michigan State had possibly the ugliest incident ever uh, a number of years ago with this uh, guy, Nasser. Uh, with the gymnastics program, and and that had to be top of mind. Uh, I mean, you can't have any tolerance uh, after after something like that occurs. Uh, so they, yeah, they 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 made a bad deal. They they caught uh, they caught Tucker after a big win, and, and while he was streaking and being mentioned for every job in the country, and they they did what all colleges do. The the fat cats came up with the money, and then the, I think before the ink was dry. I mean, I, I think it was the next Saturday. Uh, they lost by 40 points to Penn State or somebody, and it hasn't been the same since. Uh, so they were happy to get rid of him. Uh, they'll do anything they can not to pay him, uh, and this program is, is morally damaged as a result. Paul, great stuff. We appreciate it as always. Thank you. Always enjoy it. Thank you, guys. Paul Feinbaum. Of course, with the Paul Feinbaum show, there's nobody who knows college football better than Paul Feinbaum. Samsung is awesome. Let me tell you why. Each and every week I am locked in on my Samsung TV to get all the college football action. And it is so easy to use and presents so many different options. This Saturday, get game time ready with Samsung Bespoke 4-Door Flex Refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's the year of Dion. There's no getting around that, and we're not just talking about college football. Next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Rifles it to the end zone, and it's picked off by Trevor Woods, and the Buffs win in double overtime. I mean, we started off playing like hot garbage, but we got it right, and we got the victory in the end. That's, that's all that counts. We got the W. 
I love the honesty. We started out as hot garbage. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This Good Hands Moment of the Week brought to you by Allstate with insurance from Allstate. You'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com. Call a local uh, a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Deion Sanders, uh, we told you earlier today, uh, had very good things to say in regards to the Henry Blackburn situation. Here he is just a little while ago, uh, really urging fans to not go after this young man. Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game he made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline you could call it dirty you could call it he was just playing the game of football but whatever it was it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats that that's this is still a young man trying to make it in life a guy that's trying to live his dream and hopefully graduate with honors or degree uh, committed to excellence and go to the NFL he does not deserve a death threat over a game and it's important for Dion to come out and and say that to the stupid minions who are doing that it's obviously not all fans but anybody who is doing that uh it was a late hit and he talked about how colorado and uh everybody involved is ready to forgive him i'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats I would hope and pray not, but that kid was just playing the best of his ability, and he made a mistake. So I forgive him. See you. Um, our team forgive him. Um, Travis is—he's forgiven him. Let's move on. But that kid does not deserve that. He just gets it across the board, Joe. He—he—he just—he just does. And I'm sitting here the other night watching the 60 Minutes interview with my wife. And my wife Ken didn't really have an opinion on him either way. She came out of it loving him because of not not anything else other than not anything involved in the flash, just the honesty part of it. He demonstrates so many qualities we would like to see in ourselves and our children and our friends. He demonstrates at every turn, he demonstrates leadership, he demonstrates wisdom, he demonstrates forgiveness, he demonstrates toughness. He demonstrates confidence. These are all characteristics that we should be striving to develop within ourselves, within our children, within our communities. That's what Deion Sanders is. I think that's what's so compelling with this story is that every time you hear him speak, it's interesting. There are a lot of things that could be said there. You know, a lot of times we see these wars, the old school version of college football. One coach hates this coach talk some trash after the game, says something about a player. It's just something we've become accustomed to. Dion had the battle leading up, and it's kind of like he views it like a, like a title fight, right? There's all the trash talk to sell. Then there's the bout. Then you shake hands, you hug, and you compliment one another. Any of the stuff that happened before was all part of the promotion. They come off that game against Colorado State, and he's, he, he was talking about Colorado State's head coach, Jay Norvell, and, and all the controversy. I what do his blessings have to do with my blessings? He talked about how he truly wishes the best for him. 
You know, he he knows how to say the right things. He knows how to lead. He knows how to lead by example. He demonstrates incredible wisdom at every turn. He has already won. It doesn't matter what happens against Oregon this weekend. It doesn't matter what happens against USC in two weeks. Those teams are supposed to beat him. Those teams are loaded, absolutely loaded programs. He has already won on every level. He's won at Colorado. He's won for all those who said he couldn't coach. It just... Everything about the story is just compelling. And at every turn, this is what just makes him like the master salesman. At every turn, he's got a new chapter for us. And it's like more compelling than the last. Like even the Colorado State game with the trash talk, it wasn't supposed to be a close game. That was one of the best games of the season. You know, Jerry Jones was asked about Dion over the weekend and how compelling of a selection, compelling the word you used there a couple of times. And it's appropriate uh, that he would be as a head coach in the NFL. And he's like, yeah, he started saying positive things, but I don't want to get myself in trouble here and all that. Dion, for his okay, part... Okay, Jarrah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now is when we're going to start filtering. <laughs> Dion, for his part, has said, I'm not going to the NFL. And frankly, I think that's for the best. There's no real point for D. De- the league doesn't need him, and he doesn't need the league. It's not the best fit because in the NFL... It's salary cap. It's all about that kind of thing and, and how much money you're going to make. And in college football, there's no salary cap right now. There's there's nothing to that. It's about attracting players to you and your program. In the league, it's not necessarily about that. It's where they can fit him in under the dollars. So that's why whatever the next big job is that comes up, to me, he's already put Colorado on the map. He's already paid for his own contract fully, completely when they didn't have the money at the beginning to do it. Colorado was a complete joke in the landscape of college football prior to his arrival. Now they're the best story. Yeah. It it, it took three weeks. It took three weeks. <laughs> it's not like he's Think building about the up absurdity a, of that. It, it's not like it, it he's built. And by the way, it's not three patsy matchups he beat tcu who was in the national championship game last year in their building he took on matt rule in nebraska who say what you want about nebraska matt rule's supposed to be a great head coach took them out and then he handled the in-state rivalry in colorado state and again you can say what you want about the rams it's still an in-state rivalry game all right whether it's florida florida state or alabama auburn or colorado colorado state that game matters no matter what shape the opponent's in All right. It matters. It matters to those who care about that. And he delivered. He delivered that. It's just it's just fascinating to watch all this. I am overwhelmed by this story. I hate the fact that I have been betting against him at every turn. Like it finally worked last week with Colorado State and I'm going to do it again with Oregon. But I'm separating the financial (laughs) decisions with my love for the guy because I love the guy. I love the team. I love the story. It's phenomenal. But you hang some of these numbers. I have to bet into them. Okay. So having said that, let me ask you this question. How much is the most you've ever spent on a pair of sunglasses? Oh, uh, are you a guy that would go out and spend a lot of money on sunglasses? Yeah, there's not a not a lot of time. I haven't done this a lot in my life, but there's probably at least give me the number. There's like one pair that's probably in the 300 range, like a designer pair that I wanted to put with a suit when I was going to a wedding when I was single because I thought I was cool. See, I was newsflash. Lost the sunglasses was not cool. Yeah. Anytime I've ever spent a good amount of money on something. And I've never gone to the 300 route, but I, I've, I've probably have spent, you know, 130 bucks on a pair of Ray-Bans okay. or something. And I lose them. Or yeah. inevitably, I sit on them in the car and break them. <laughs> and of course, let me tell you something. It is not easy to find a pair of sunglasses 
for my head. I have a size eight and a quarter head. <laughs> so you let I literally have to look at the measurements at sunglasses. Is that going to fit? Or is it going to look like I'm wearing goggles? You, you got to find a pair of sunglasses that would fit on the moon. Yes. And I'm looking at these Prime 21 blenders, the Dion sunglasses. They're only 67 bucks. Really? It's pre-order right now. And you can oh, get them in gold, black, and a couple of other colors. Gold and black. I, they kind of look like they're pretty big, too. They might fit my head. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. Can you send them back if they don't fit? I don't know if it's like shoes or anything like that. You can autograph them and give them away. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.